You're listening to the Standard Podcast, eye-opening for your ears. สวัสดีค่ะโบสาวิตรีนะคะ This is We Need to Talk Podcast Podcast Talk Show ภาษาอังกฤษสำหรับคนไทยที่ใช้ภาษาอังกฤษค่ะ Hi you guys, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for listening. ตามธรรมเนียมของ We Need to Talk โบจะชวนเกสของเราคุย3ประเด็นนะคะถ้าเป็นพี่ฮิวโก้เนี่ยเรื่องแรกที่โบอยากจะชวนคุยน่าจะเป็นเรื่องของคอนเสิร์ตใหญ่ในเดือนกันยายนปี2560นี้ค่ะหลังจากที่ไม่ได้มีคอนเสิร์ตของตัวเองมานานมากแฟนๆน่ะตื่นเต้นแน่แต่พี่ฮิวโก้น่ะตื่นเต้นไหมหรือตื่นเต้นแค่ไหนเดี๋ยวโบจะถามให้นะคะเรื่องที่2คุณผู้ฟังทราบไหมคะตอนนี้กำลังมีนิทรรศการชื่อจักรพงศ์นิทัศน์และร้อยปีสยามกับสงครามโลกครั้งที่หนึ่งที่จัดแสดงพระประวัติและผลงานของสมเด็จเจ้าฟ้าจักรพงศ์ภูวนาถกรมหลวงพิษณุโลกประชานาถซึ่งเป็นท่านทวดของพี่ฮิวโก้ค่ะนิทรรศการนี้จัดแสดงให้ชมถึงวันที่30กันยายนปี2560ที่ตำหนักจิตรดาพิพิธภัณฑ์ตำรวจวังปารุสกวันชมฟรีด้วยนะคะนิทรรศการนี้จะมีอะไรน่าสนใจเป็นพิเศษบ้างเดี๋ยวมาฟังพี่ยูโกเล่ากันค่ะและเรื่องสุดท้ายโบอยากฟังพี่ยูโกเล่าเรื่องในฐานะคุณพ่อค่ะในในวันนี้เราก็ได้พูดคุยกันเรื่องของคุณทวดมาคุยเรื่องของรุ่นหล,ลานกันบ้างก็น่าจะสนุกดีนะคะเอาละค่ะตอนนี้ได้เวลาเปลี่ยนหมดเป็นภาษาอังกฤษกันแล้วพร้อมหรือยังคะ Ladies and gentlemen, it would be my pleasure to introduce our guest for this episode of We Need to Talk podcast. He's a singer, a musician, a songwriter, once an actor and a model, now a husband and a father. Besides being so handsome, talented, cool, and smart, he's also known for speaking his mind and voicing thought-provoking opinions. Let's meet him now, Pete Lekhugoka. สวัสดีค่ะพี่เล็กสวัสดีครับ Thank you so much for being on our show and happy belated birthday Thank you <laughs> Your birthday was on August 6 so yay um, So since our show is called We Need to Talk first thing we need to talk about is your upcoming big concert right um, So you've done a lot of things in life but as a career I've 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 heard on some interviews that you enjoy being on stage performing your music the most Is that so Yeah, it's it's the it's the main reason um, I do what I do, aside from it being uh, my living or my job. But that's the outside of any personal things in my life. That is a time where I feel like the inner and outer is not in conflict, and everything is as it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no compromise. There's no um, obstacles. The people on the audience are on your side. You're banned. You're rehearsed. You're where you want to be, doing what you want to do. That's why I don't really feel a need to uh, jump out of airplanes or swim <laughs> with sharks or do anything like that. Yeah. So, what does this concert mean to you? This one in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an attempt to give uh, the fans. I I think this is what they want. Um, previously, I've been quite rigorous in just um, ramming my artistic vision down people's throats, and they either take it or leave it. Um, this time is a and this album, 
although not in a kind of pandering way, but I've been attempting to communicate directly with them and and in playing around the country mm-hmm. every now and then a guy will shout out some song from like 15 years ago mm-hmm. that I haven't played in a long time and so I've decided that while the album is done and all the you know all the creative decisions have been made and there's been no compromise and it's been made exactly how I think it should be and there've been very few obstacles in in bringing it to market it's the artwork everything I've had an, plenty of control mm-hmm. so why not do a concert that is one that I think that Thai fans want, which is to sing songs from the entire catalog mm-hmm. and just the Thai songs. And and I think they appreciate that. Um, I well, think we'll see if they buy tickets. <laughs> we'll see. Do you guys hear that? Buy tickets. It's <laughs> the only way to know. Yep. So the concert is called Sing Corporation Presents Hugo Pasame. Yeah. What can we expect the experience for that night to be like? Well, um, it's going to be a lot of music. Uh, we're going to play the entirety of Damsanit, which is the new record. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get into something from every Sipla album. So it's going to be a pretty broad uh, chunk of material. There's over 30 songs. So... I hope this is what they want because they're going to get a lot of it. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, why pasame? Well, it's like a direct translation of the English phrase "mother tongue." When someone asks, you know, when you when you speak a language, it's your mother tongue. Mm-hmm. And in my case, it's relevant because m- my mother uh, is someone who has worked a lot in the Thai language, even to the extent of doing the Oxford Dictionary, mm-hmm. and yet is often someone because she looks outwardly looks like a European you know people sometimes question her Thainess but I think she has a command of Thai that far exceeds the average Thai speaker and a knowledge of Thai history and culture and whatever mm-hmm. coupled with my father who's not Thai at all and in Thailand it's always it's amusing when you say the word father mm-hmm. pa but when pa because that's true. It's mm-hmm. not my father's language. Mm-hmm. So it's my mother's language, Basame. Mm, that makes sense. You're, like you said, you're from um, several cultural backgrounds. You've worked in different countries and different industries. You've been in so many places. You were Hugo of Wong Sip Law, and you are P. Hugo, who once wrote a song for Beyonce. What would be something that you've noticed from just being around all over the places that we as human have in common, no matter where they live? Well, I guess there are some things that are kind of across the board. Everyone, when they're young, they think they know everything. And then when you get older, you realize you don't know everything and practically know nothing at all. When you're young, you're very liberal, sometimes even radical and mm-hmm. want to change the world. When you're older, you become more conservative, and you want things not to change so fast. Um, having children changes most people for the better, mm-hmm. and uh, and I don't think anyone is rational. I think people do what they want to do or can do because of the opportunities they have, and then rationalize it afterwards and say, well, this is why, and this is who I am because of X, Y, and Z. But I think most of us are just sort of stumbling along, 
thinking we have some level of free will, but I think we might have a lot less than we think. And I think that's across the board. But people are very, very different as well. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot you can assume about someone by looking at them. Right. That's true. So being a musician, that gives you opportunities to travel all over. And you said earlier that you've traveled across the country, well, like, like across Thailand. Sure. And I've heard that you also uh, traveled all over the, U- the U.S. for um, being on tour in both countries. Where would you say would be your, some of your favorite places that you would like to revisit? Oh, I very much liked uh, Tennessee. Yeah? Yeah, I, I thought it was very pretty. Um, I liked it a lot. I was amazed by Wyoming. I'd never seen, I'd never been in such an open space mm-hmm. in my life. I'd never seen 500 miles go by with not a single building or anything. Mm-hmm. The Pacific Northwest and the whole West Coast I found to be you know, the most sort of progressive and modern and beautiful part mm-hmm. of uh, the United States. I felt very safe there. Um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of parts of America I liked, I liked a lot, despite, you know, me taking quite a close interest in history and, and whatever else. You know, and then America gets a lot of criticism, particularly now. Yeah. It's still an amazing country full of amazing people and... You can go anywhere and find some a whole town or even a whole city mm-hmm. that's different that that you could find like-minded people in. So it's it's very diverse. I'm still going to live in Thailand just because um, my roots here are too deep to to spend anywhere else really. Yeah, and I think that was my favorite part in the U.S. too. Um, being around such a diverse group of yeah. people and everyone are so open-minded, especially in college. I remember being in college and being in the like-minded people and um, everyone was there ready to accept everybody else and everybody else cultures. Mm. And I thought that was the coolest thing. You know, America is the melting pot. So, sure. so I think um, that was one of my favorite parts about the U.S. too. Now, you mentioned... Tennessee and Wyoming is that because you sort of I've heard that you like cowboy movies sure yeah, does that play a part is that absolutely a part of why absolutely you love those places in England when I was young on the weekends I would go and stay with my father and on channel four back when there were only four tv channels <laughs> uh, he would go and play tennis or do something and I would watch um, these westerns were so they seemed so long the mm-hmm. movies and it would be, you know, John Wayne movies and Clint Eastwood movies and, and uh, other Westerns like that. And yeah, I mean, you know, it just, it was a sort of an archetype of, of how men should behave and being reliant and being someone people could depend on. And, and you know, there's still a lot of that in America, that sense of self-reliance and that sense of, of toughness. Mm-hmm. And that, they, you know, because in a lot of the Western cultures of developed countries, a lot of that's been lost or deliberately you know ushered away as something bad or negative or backward america still has you know in this diversity it still has that very almost old school masculinity which i think still has a place not for everybody and not in all of its extremes but it's still something worth having in mind as as an archetype mm-hmm. of of the lone, you know, the lone guy that 
that you don't know who he is or where he's come from and it doesn't matter you don't know his background you don't know where he's from but he could come somewhere and and change everything or help people out and there's a particular movie called the outlaw josie wales mm-hmm. where clint eastwood is this civil war veteran and he's a lone rider like he always plays but he starts collecting people. He doesn't want them around, but he ends up having to help them out anyway. And they start following him around. By the end of the movie, he's got like five or six different people like following him around (laughs) everywhere. And he's had to kind of have a family despite never wanting a family and Mm -hmm. losing all his family in the beginning of the movie. And then he sort of finds a new family begrudgingly, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I guess I have a very romantic view of America's, that probably very brutal period in American history. Mm-hmm. where a lot of bad stuff was going on as well. You have also done some acting yourself. You once said that you didn't really like yourself as an actor. Which part of it don't you like? Well, you know, the movies I like and the actors I like are guys who completely lose themselves in a role and you feel like they could do anything. Mm-hmm. Any top actor is someone who is totally unpredictable in the movie. You don't know whether they're going to take their clothes off or start eating an octo- live octopus or whatever. That I can't do any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm still m- too much me, and there are things I won't do. Particularly now I'm married, I'm not about to do any sex scenes. or any. You know, I don't particularly want to get hurt doing stunts. I don't want to start learning like martial arts or mountain climbing or any of that stuff. There's Mm -hmm. too much I already want to do without risking life and limb, you know, and, and, and days and days of my time in pursuit of whatever it is. Um, And there are lots of good actors that can do it. Mm -hmm. You know, there are lots of, so it's not like I'm really needed there. Um, I don't think there are a lot of people, at least in Thailand, doing what I'm doing necessarily. So I, I feel like I have a I have a role to play. I have an audience to entertain and to to, you know, play music to as some kind of whatever it is they get from it. I would like to continue doing that and and acting takes a lot of time. Plus with children, you know, between work, spending time with my wife and being available for my children, there isn't time to be sitting around waiting for someone to have their makeup done or whatever, you know. Now, the second thing we need to talk about is about your great-grandfather. Now, there's a Jagapongnitat exhibition going on as we speak until the end of September 2017. I imagine that you probably have grown up hearing a ton of stories about your great-grandfather. Were there any particular stories that stuck out to you? Well, I just think how much people used to get done in a life. And and this is a man who died young. And yet he was, you know, doing all kinds of different things. I mean, the amount of individual skills a man would learn back then Mm -hmm. but obviously I think the most impressive and kind of tragic thing was obviously his relationship with Katya which at the time was completely unheard of to have as an as an interracial couple Mm -hmm. uh, in a conservative country but I guess it was lucky at the time that His Majesty Rama V was a pretty modern monarch and so could kind of take it and it was almost it almost made sense because he was so outward looking Mm -hmm. So I guess that that relationship and its and its kind of tragic end 
I guess is the thing which has always stayed with me that that you know there are things are beautiful and but they are fragile and life is fragile but it's okay to do the unexpected it's okay to be unconventional and uh, as an adventurous and modern guy and and the, the effect that it's had on my mother the sense of duty that she has to maintain and document and continue and to live a life of some substance and although not necessarily to have any official role but certainly that that this life should not be wasted in view of <clears throat> how we've arrived at this point it would be a shame to be descended from that and just to throw it all away on fast cars and even faster women oh i love that line. i love that sentence that sums it up really well and i think it's important even for normal people to know sure. who who you are and to to know where you came from and to know your family history you know it's it's important to to know where your roots are and since the world has changed so much and sometimes in ways we can't even imagine and it's still rapidly changing why do we still need to study about the past and learn about the past the present is the result of the past and that's inescapable truth so to have any hope of understanding where we are now or where we might go we have to look at where we've been and aside from its philosophical importance i think just as a matter of interest a city with no past or with no link to its past or with a recent past is not as interesting as a city with a deep past and roots to its past you know this is what i don't know if it's still the case but there's a reason why london is one of the most visited cities in the world it's because it's been there for 2000 over 2000 years mm -hmm. there's a reason people go to jerusalem you know now there are other things that people go to you know places like that but i mean just in terms of being interesting just as an aesthetic choice you know historical things and things of beauty are things of beauty and the older they are the more amazing it is that they even existed in the first place you know you could build something as big as the pyramids anywhere you want and shack I think they've got one in Las Vegas <laughs> but yeah. that's not what people think of when they say the pyramids they think of the ones that are 5000 or 6000 years old mm -hmm. and it's the same in Thailand and you know in this area you know we have temples and our ancient sites and even things that are stretched back into the 20th you know recent 20th century like you know these all these old cinemas we have and yep. particular concern of mine is the uh, is all the communities along the river which are in danger of being moved away for some short-sighted concrete monstrosity mm -hmm. um you know so i become i've always been interested in history but i probably become more so in that you know we don't have a lot of it and what we have we should try and keep just from an artistic point of view i don't think you even justified in any other way other than aesthetically mm -hmm. because in other places even around asia um their historical sites aren't as in good shape as sure. ours and it's such a shame that it's slowly deteriorating and we're not even taking care of it Yeah, it is a shame and uh and I think it's important because because the shared historical buildings or or artifacts or art, you know, that belongs to the the nation. It's mm -hmm. not just from one person to another. 
So, you know, and and in that sense, all Thai people own the river, own the temples, own our art and our heritage and our culture. It's something we share that doesn't cost any money for individuals to, to take part in. So, so, you know, on every level, it's worth preserving. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't progress and there shouldn't be modern buildings and there shouldn't be new technology and all that stuff is great, but that's going to happen anyway. That mm-hmm. doesn't need any help. You know, capitalism moves things forward anyway. The market and technology and the internet, it's going to make new things happen anyway. Right. But what little we've got that, that is old and it's continuous, and I think it helps for us to stay in touch with our roots collectively. Now, last but not least, let's talk about your family still. We're still on the topic of family, but a different generation now. You're known for your directness and you're, you know, you're a straight shooter. You tell it how it is and you don't sugarcoat things. And once you've said that, you never lie to your kids. You, you have three children. Well, two, but yeah, well, there's a, there's a, there's a, another kid that's kind of part of my wife, my mother-in-law's family that that is, you know, like a sister to them, I guess. Right. So how old are they? Um, they're six and three, and uh, the little girl is two. So they must be asking a lot of questions now, right? The, the, my oldest one asks a lot of questions. Yeah. The, 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 the little one is mainly orders, that he gives me orders and demands of what <laughs> he wants me to do, uh, where he wants me to go, and, and which dinosaur I'm supposed to be or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, the, the older kid asks a lot of questions. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a nephew um, who is around six too. Yeah. And for a period of time, his favorite phrase was Tamaya. Yeah, Tamaya. Sure. All the time. So yeah. how would you answer some of the harder questions? Have these ever come up? Like, Dad, where did I come from? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I would try and answer them you know, as in, well, you came out of your your mother. I was there. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. How about like, um, Dad? Am I going to die? How would you answer something like yeah, that? Yeah, everybody to a dies. Kid? Everything dies. Yeah. Yeah. Tell it how it is. It's, it's it not straight. that disturbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dad, who do you love more, me or Hunter? Oh, I I tell him I you know I tell him I love both of you, because also you know I mean. When you tell, you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a complex thing when you talk about love, because love isn't really, it's, it's not really like a feeling of like, you know, uh, it's not a feeling, it's, it's, a, it's a pattern of behavior. It's something you have to demonstrate. It's not just some feeling that you automatically have, like, oh, I love my kids. But if you don't spend any time with them, you clearly don't. Mm-hmm. So I don't worry about words like that too much. It's very easy for me to say, yeah, I love you both the same, you know, because... It- it's all about the actions, it's, right? It's about what you do. So, you know, and I guess you'll figure it out if, I, if I'm telling the truth or not by mm-hmm. my actions. What is the one quality of yours that you wish your kids inherit? Suspicion. Yeah? yeah. What about one quality of your wives that you wish they would inherit um, enthusiasm good combination yeah <laughs>
Okay, thank you so much for being here with us, and hopefully, um, your tickets will sell really well, and our so listening, too. our listeners will go out and buy your tickets. Please do. And break leg at the concert. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. ถ้ารู้ว่าเพื่อนคนไหนรักภาษาอังกฤษชอบฟังภาษาอังกฤษและเรื่องราวชีวิตที่น่าสนใจของเซเล็บหลากหลายโบฝากแชร์เอพิโซดนี้ให้เขาฟังด้วยนะคะ Binge listen to all of our shows and episodes at thestandard.co/podcast. The Standard Podcast เปิดหูเปิดตาเปิดใจเปิดโลก